Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, I'm Dean Blandino. And as a newly minted Detroit Lions fan, I always listen to Chris and Case on the Detroit Lions podcast. Lions fans, it's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where Kool-Aid runs blue, faces turn red, and rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions podcast, your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. And now, two guys who wish they had as much face time with Cooter as Matthew Stafford. Chris and Case. Hey, howdy ho, Lions fans. Welcome to the Detroit Lions podcast. This is episode 211. This is the official Detroit Lions podcast for Reddit. I am your dashing host, Chris, and with me is my good friend and co-host, Case. How you doing, my man? Ooh, it is warm here, Chris. Um, I'm in my car starting this off. I, I probably should have uh, left my pants on before I before I went inside. Leather seats and all. Things are getting a little... Uh, Precarious. Ooh, ooh, okay. Uh, I'm going to try not to picture that, but today's show, we've got Hard Knocks. You might have your own going on over there. We've got Hard Knocks we're going to talk about. The rumors are coming to a head, and it's 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 time to announce. We're, we're waiting for that. Uh, Tease, Tabor, he's got some changes in altitude. Our offensive line is taking shape, and a whole lot more. We've got a great show lined up. Case, you ready to go, my man? Yeah, hang on a sec. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump out of the car and, and run in and try to do the show from inside here. Give me one sec. Yow! Let's kick this off and break it down. All right, a couple of quick announcements first. Check us out and help us out on Patreon. Special thanks to Dylan from Guam. That's right. And of course, our very first donor, Mathis. Mathis, right out there. He's he's going to make a special appearance later on. Uh, Brian B. from I Prevail. He's out there as well. Got a lot going on. All those guys are Patreon supporters. You head on over to patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. You can join them, support the show. Uh, it's a monthly donation thing and uh, helps us do all the things we're going to do. Got a lot of big stuff coming up. We continue to uh, grow what we're doing for you guys. And it's as a result of the generosity of those that are helping us on Patreon. Um, they get great stuff back. They get some previews. They get some insider stuff. Um, Ken and, and, and Mathis both got to interact in something that's going to be pretty big that we're going to drop here at the at the training camp party. There's the Slack chat, the most intelligent Lions chat on the internet, free show show, all kinds of other stuff. Um, you guys, we do everything we can. There's coupon codes and stuff along the way as well that we do for you. But check it out and join the Patreon crew, patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Like I said, as little as a dollar a month gets you access to all that great stuff. Give us a like on Facebook, facebook.com slash the Detroit Lions podcast, facebook.com slash the Detroit Lions podcast, and on Twitter. You can't forget about Twitter. Twitter's where all the action is. It's at DET Lions podcast, DET Lions podcast. It's the very best place to see Case. Leaving skin behind. <laughs> it hurts just to hear it. <laughs> Subscribe to us on YouTube. It's youtube.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. YouTube.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Putting a lot of content there. And we're about to expand that offering a great deal. So all you folks that have subscribed, thank you so much. Make sure you hit that bell. We've got some live stuff coming and a lot of really, really cool stuff as we continue to grow that and make it better for everybody. 
Don't forget about the training camp party, August 3rd. It's also going to be Zach Zenner Day at training camp that day. Imagine this, being on Hard Knocks, wearing your, your I Love ZZ shirt, making a big thing about Zach Zenner Day. Imagine it, because you could make that happen. The training camp party is a riot. We've got some huge guests coming. We've got a premiere. We'll talk about that a little bit during the show that you guys are going to love. It's coming and you can meet all the people in the show. Riz will be there. Case will be there. I'll be there. A couple of very, very special guests that you guys will not want to miss all there. August 3rd is the day. Uh, tickets are going to go on sale a little bit earlier for the Patreon people. So we talked about that earlier, but uh, you can get your tickets coming up very, very soon here and uh, meet us at the party and have a great time. We'll do a live show from there as well. Calls via Skype at Detroit Lions podcast. All one word, Detroit Lions podcast or Give us a jangle on the Lions line at 929-33-LIONS. It's 929-335-4667. Leave a message and get a chance to hear yourself on the show. Tighten your chin straps, kids. It's time to review This Week in Reddit. All right, it's time to talk about all the fun and exciting things going down this week in Reddit. And, uh, well, <laughs> sounds like you had a hard knock in the car there, Case. But let's talk about what's coming on. A lot of rumors about hard knocks. Some people screaming fake news. Any announcements? Uh, I'm going to re- refresh really quick here, see if I see anything going on. But uh, hard knocks coming <clears throat> to Detroit. Is it true that the Detroit Lions and Oakland Raiders are the top two? What What's happening? Help me. Help me. Well, I mean, it's probably true. That it's going to be one of those two teams. Uh, the the Lions, you know, Twitter sphere was all about uh, today. And by the time this episode comes out, you know, we may have definitive news. I don't, I don't know when the announcement's going to be made. Um, it certainly seemed like everyone was convinced it was going to be us. It, it doesn't. <laughs> I feel like the NFL's taken a little bit of a risk because everything, everything. Everything, everything, everything that's happened this offseason points to the Raiders being the best choice. Now, I understand that they would prefer to wait and do the Raiders next year in Las Vegas. But they're taking a big risk in doing that, assuming that the Raiders will even be eligible for the show next year. Hmm, interesting. I hadn't thought about the eligibility issue because you can't have made the playoffs. You can't have had there. there there's various, you know, there's various uh, uh, stipulations. Do you think they're going to make the playoffs? They're not going to replace well, the coach. No, I think, no, I, no I, I, I don't. I don't. I don't. But I have to at the say same time, eligible. it is a risk. You know what I mean? Like sure, it, they're sure. t- they're taking a risk. Um, they're saying, you know, that uh, get while the getting is good is what I'm getting at. And now I know I'm biased because I don't want the Lions to be on Hard Knocks, not because I don't want to see more Lions. And if they are on Hard Knocks, I'll watch it. You'll watch it. We'll we'll talk about it. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's good for us in terms of the podcast, probably. But it's also like I I just I think everyone kind of agrees that it's not a good thing for strategically. The team. Strategically, it's not. Yeah, thing, right? if we want success for the team, it's not a good thing. It's and and hopefully it's not like an over uh, uh, something that can't be overcome if they are chosen. Um, but I mean, the Raiders are. I mean, th- the amount of drama happening there, even with the stuff that's going on that we'll talk about later this episode uh, with Slay and Snacks and Calvin and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The Lions are kind of a boring team. And and Matt mm. Patricia specifically is so anti 
anti anti NFL and media. He's changed his, his tune this year, though. He's Mr. Happy. He's well, he's being happy friendly. right now. He's but hands. imagine the situation. He took if Carlos they, to a candlelit dinner. You yeah, know, there's. <laughs> There's a lot. There's a lot of love in the room there in the in the press yeah. room in Allen Park. No, I, I think that, I, I, and I'm this is I'm not trying to start rumors. I just think it's landing in Detroit. I don't think it's as much of a gamble. I hadn't thought of that, the risk part, but I don't think it's as much of a gamble of the Lions not make or the, the Raiders not being eligible next year. And I think that they're, they they've seen that that story, that moving town story, is one that sells and that works. So I, I'm I'm thinking. Mm-hmm that the Lions are, are where these guys are going to land, if that is indeed true, that they're the top two. I would also, one, just, you know, I'm going to put on my tinfoil here or take off my tinfoil. I don't know. It's a conspiracy theory. I'm going to roll out there that this whole thing with Snacks and Slay is Rosenhaus's way of raising his own capital and his own name um, in, in with all the hard knock stuff going on. So we'll see. We'll see how that all goes out. But uh, hard knocks possibility. Was it fake news? Probably but um, it's it, it seems more and more likely as time goes on and more things kind of fall into place that the Lions would definitely be um, a top choice for that. Uh, I don't think they're that boring. I really don't. And I think that, um, of course, I'm a fan, so I don't think they're boring. But even beyond that, from a um, compelling TV watching, I think that there'll be a compelling story with them, especially when you start thinking about how long, how long it's been. I mean, I just think that if you compare them to the Raiders, Oh, the Raiders are, are going to be like, a, it's it's you better know, than Big Brother, grow. right? The Raiders, right. <laughs> the Raiders are like the ultimate uh, reality show. So we'll see how that. So goes. I think the NFL would be, would be frustrated if they did not go with the Raiders this year and then did not get the opportunity to go with the Raiders next year. Not that I don't think that is, not that I, I think there isn't a strong possibility, strong likelihood, um, probability that they will have the opportunity to do that. I just sure. think that that would be, you know, they, they are taking a risk if they go with the lions Yeah, yeah I, in that sense. I'm done, but all right, uh, let's go on to the next one. This is an interesting topic. Um, it's, it's, he's, he's a little bit of a, a controversial topic too. Uh, tease Tabor. It's, a, it's of, everything we have on the show today is controversial. Cause, cause there's it's, no football to talk about my friend. <laughs> 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 At least we're not starting it for once. Um, Tease Tabor, second round pick, as you all remember, uh, came after Jared Davis from the same school. Um, changes in altitude, changes in attitude. I don't know, whatever you want to call it. Um, there's some changes going on with T's. And I want to just start out, and this was this went down in the Slack, this conversation, and I agree wholeheartedly. So I'll just put this out here, and then I'll let you run with this case. Um, one thing about T's, I've seen a lot of people saying, just toss him. We know he's not going to make it. He's garbage. Just throw him out. Be done with with T's. I got to tell you, he, he was a second-round pick. So that has to give him at least a, some level of status. You can get you can have ninety guys in the roster. You're not going to find somebody that's better than him to push him to ninety first at this time of year or right now. It's just it's just not going to happen. It's not out there. Give the guy a run, especially with what uh, Casey's going to talk about here shortly, and let him play out until you have to start doing cuts. If he doesn't make it, then then you easily and you're absolutely cut and walk away. But right now your roster isn't in such a situation and your cap isn't su- in such a situation that you have to leave him behind. I believe in three years just in general for any rookie taken, you know, above the fourth round. Uh, I, I mean, there are exceptions, so I'm not saying there aren't, but. Um, Do you know, as we record this, we're going to be stepping into our fifth year of doing well, the show. Yeah. 
We made it. Well, now, now we've had our opportunity. You can, you all can cut us now. Yeah. Um, our opportunity. <laughs> I saw you drinking that Fargo <laughs> Brewing beer back there. <laughs> um, no, uh, the the interesting thing about uh, Tease right now is um, he talked to reporter. I, I didn't catch who, and talked about that he is the one area he's gotten better at more than anything else is being coachable. I'd like him to be better uh, at cornerback first, but whatever. Okay. Right. No, <laughs> no. I, and, and, and absolutely you're, yeah, you know, we joke, but you're not wrong. Like that, that's where he needs to get better. He needs to be a better player. Um, but Coachability it, helps. it's what's fascinating about the whole thing is that coming out of college, he was, um, braggadocious. He was, uh, Larger than life, he was jawing. He was a talker. He liked to tell everybody how good he was going to be. Um, even after the uh, combine thing with his slow times, he was like, you know, he, there was even a slogan. I think his mom printed T-shirts or something like that. Um, watch the tape. Hey, speaking of T-shirts, we've got some of the grandest oh, designs. Good, good. <laughs> well transitioned. We've got some amazing t-shirts. DetroitLionsPodcast.com slash store. Check it out. We've got great t-shirts. we got water bottles. we got uh, phone cases. You name it. It's all great stuff with fun. fun things. Okay, so his mom made t-shirts. You probably <laughs> stop by DetroitLionsPodcast.com slash store. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, like, like he was, you know, he in the mold of Slay in that, you know, uh, wag your finger every time you kind of, you know, shut something down, um, is which it- is fine. Like, I don't have a problem with that inherently, uh, but it is just fascinating to see where he is now because he doesn't talk like he barely talks at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and he recognizes and, and, and he talked about how he recognizes that the last couple of years have been very, um, he, he's been humbled in the last couple of years. It's something because with the cornerback position, you, there's a couple things. Number one, it's likely the most athletic players on the field, right? Yeah. Those guys are just incredible, insanely athletic. Yeah. Um, you, you put that, you also need to have the shortest memory. You have, you have to have the memory of a goldfish, right? I yeah. mean, bad play, forget about it. And, and then you have to have that confidence that goes with it. And what you're saying on one hand gives me a bit of, of, of hope. Expertise, but at the same time, it makes you wonder: Has he been nutted? Right? Has he been clipped? Is is that 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 cockiness that you want from a cornerback? Has has the realization that maybe he isn't what he thought he was? Has that taken away some of one of those qualities, one of those traits that you really kind of cherish in a person who plays that position well? So this is going to be an interesting offseason. Certainly for possible. Teams. Yeah, you, you may you may absolutely be right about that too. And, and I'm not sure. Um, it's just interesting to see like a, a like a personality shift over such a short amount of time from someone. Um, so as far as whether or not I think he'll make the roster, if I'm betting, it's probably leaning no. But at the same time, I mean, he's going to get his opportunity, mm-hmm. and I'm glad that he's going to get his opportunity to try to make the roster. And even if he doesn't make the roster here, I guess I will, at this point, at this point, given, uh, you know, the attitude he's been, he's been coming in with the, the, the uh, work ethic he's showing at the time being, it wouldn't surprise me if somebody, you know, else picked him up and gave him a, gave him a shot. So, yeah. Yeah. And it's, again, it's all about that, that roster position and what you have available and what, what he can, what he can bring. So we'll see wishing the best, right? We, you don't like to see any player, do poorly, especially somebody who's been picked so high. 
So hopefully we'll see something come out of him, but it's it's definitely uh, remains to be seen what's what's going to come out of the tease table or experiment. Um, it does reflect, and it's one of the things that people love to point at with Quinn when they say that Quinn can't draft. Right? They absolutely love to look over and say, "Yeah, tease Tabor is an example of the reason that Bob Quinn cannot draft." I think Bob. I, I can't I don't, believe anybody says that. Oh, oh, they do. <laughs> there's a limo driver out there. <laughs> I, I recognize that there's a couple guys who haven't hit, but like anyway, whatever. Yeah, and but it's true. I mean, for any GM, tell me the GM that's 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 hit every one of them. Tell me the GM that's yep. hit every one. As a matter of fact, I, I've got something. I want to ask you a question. I'm going to take us completely off off script here for a second case. And I, I hope I hope you don't mind. Um, this is a conversation I had with. Uh, oh, we're going to do it with Riz. We'll, we'll just have to do it some other time with him. Um, the conversation I had with Blandino and some of the guys, the Slack guys and, and Dan uh, Miller and so on, when we got together and, the, and some doing something, something that we were doing. And it was about uh, Tom Brady and Belichick and the, the New England Patriots, right? And you hear from so many people, oh, Tom Brady's a system quarterback. Oh, if it wasn't for Bill Belichick, Tom Brady wouldn't be so, it wouldn't be anything. And, you know, the whole, the whole conversation about all that. I want to ask you about this, though, because maybe it is all Belichick as, as to what he does. But Tom Brady's the only guy that's been on that team for two Super Bowls, right? I mean, meaning that he's won a Super Bowl on the New England Patriots with two completely different teams around him. Belichick and Brady are the only guys left. And I want to ask you, okay, people say how great Brady is. I'm going to just pick another quarterback case, and I want you to, to, to really think about this, okay? People talk about how good Aaron Rodgers is. You think about Aaron Rodgers as a quarterback. Do you think Aaron Rodgers would have had that kind of success if he had been dropped in there as a, as a rookie with uh, Belichick when, when Tom Brady was? And I'm giving you a trap question here. but I think he would have had a lot more success than he's had in Green Bay. Maybe. But and here's 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 and people a lot of people and this is kind of the conversation how it started and it's a bait question so I, I you didn't take the bait I appreciate that um, a lot of people say absolutely Tom you know Aaron Rodgers is a way better quarterback than Tom Brady he's 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 much much better if given the time to grow in the Belichick system he would have been great but here's the difference Aaron Rodgers just fired a coach right and he he took over because there's an, an element of an ego that's with Aaron Rodgers and I'm not going to say that Brady doesn't have an ego but Brady is a guy who's a rare breed who is actually playing within the system I don't mm-hmm. know another for quarterback sure. out there that would have survived for 15 years in I agree. a system like this and would have been to able to uh been subservient or or, or kind of put themselves under the system for that long and been able then with his work ethic to be able to ex- execute at that level and take care of themselves that long. And if you think about, Oh, well, you know, the other piece of this that you think about is to how great these guys are is who's the number two look back over the last 15 years. Who's second best Peyton. Okay. How many years was he great for quite a few, <laughs> but not, Right. There's this element of longevity really puts them in a whole different class from everybody else. It's 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 interesting. And and I, I, I we got off in this jag. I'm sorry. It was just something that I was thinking about. And look, I, you know, I, I think Tom Brady is like a young man's. Like I, I, I he, as if I was growing up, he'd be my idol. You know, the supermodel. I got that. I didn't get to win a Super Bowl as a as a uh, as a quarterback in the NFL. That that kind of I didn't get that checkbox. But you know, the other stuff is is all good. Um, really, really, <laughs> you look up to something and dream for something like that. Um, but you, it, it takes a certain kind of guy to sub, submit himself to the system. And play even as well as he had. It, whether it's the system or him, it doesn't matter. The combination is a combination with him and Belichick. You're not going to find, and you you can't, you won't see, and don't see anywhere else in the, in the NFL. Period. 
So having arguments around the house about Boston doing so well in so many sports. And I'm like, not that big a deal. Not that I'm not that frustrated with the Bruins. Or we talk about season. Golden State, but uh, we've got enough on our plate today. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, good, interesting stuff in New England and, and that longevity piece and, and subjecting yourself to the system. Not seeing anybody else able to do that. I want to tie it back to us, to us right now. I think that's kind of the mentality that you have with Quinn and you have with um, Patricia, what they're trying to bring and what they're used to and what they expect. And we'll talk about the holdouts later, but I think that's one of the things that you don't get so much there because the players know that they have to subject and submit to that system and be part of that system to find that success. And and there's a lot of guys making a lot of money. Are you willing to let go of that top little tier of money in order to have the success and a lot of guys come into new england and get that they get that success and then go sign the big contract somewhere else you're giving yourself the opportunity to sign that big contract somewhere else if you come in and submit to that system providing it works but it's hard right it's a different kind of culture and it definitely takes time and uh, mm-hmm. to build that so anyway i went off on a jag there i apologize it was something we hadn't thought about talking about but I found it quite interesting. I love hearing myself talk. All right, I really quick want to talk about the training camp party. Again, can you imagine hard knocks rolling into town? And here we are standing there with our Zach Zenner shirts on, cheering. It's Zach Zenner Day. We got our signs. We're cheering. We're gonna be they're gonna see him on TV, right? It's gonna be hilarious. People are like <laughs> they'll be watching, like, what the hell's going on? And then we'll have a good time. I think maybe we'll have a we'll do a meal. We'll get together with some people after training camp that day on the August third, do some stuff, have some fun. Then we're gonna head on out. That night we will set up. Uh that night is the training camp party. We got some great guests. We've got a <clears> premiere. There'll be some trailers coming out here over the course of the next month and a half as we lead up to the August 3rd party. But we have a premiere of an amazing video that we put together. You guys are absolutely going to love this. Um, that's coming. Guest prizes, big announcements. When does karaoke happen? Karaoke happens afterwards. <laughs> and <laughs> we are working to, to get a little something extra for you guys out of the place, too. So a little after party. Last year, we stayed around and, and had our own after party after the official event ended. And then we even retired and closed another bar. It's a good time. So if you, if you want to hang out, we'll have all that going on as well. Just make sure you have your Uber app ready. All right. So training camp party tickets will go on sale. I got to talk about that part. Sorry. <laughs> um, they're going to go on sale in the next week or two. Um, the Patreon people, if you're a Patreon supporter, you will hear about the tickets first. You'll get two days advance to get a hold of your tickets. They are absolutely limited this time. We can't go above the number because we're limited by the room and, um, the, it's going to, you're not going to miss it. The, the tickets will sell out. I guarantee it. Uh, they're probably, I'm certain there will not be any at the door admissions and, uh, I've got, a, I've got a doorman on, on queue this year, so we'll be okay. All right. So moving on now, uh, let's talk about CJ Anderson. Have you heard of him? You know that name? Have you ever heard of him before? I'm pretty happy with the signing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's talking. This was uh, in the subreddit from not your grandma's, well, not your Jima's throwaway, not your grandma's throwaway. Um, he feels wanted in Detroit. This is an interesting story, right? Because we've got some other contract things that we're going to talk about as we go on in the show. Um, people who maybe don't feel wanted uh, or people that want money, and that's what makes them feel wanted. <laughs> and then some other things along the way, right? CJ uh, Anderson's a guy who came in feeling pretty disrespected. Um, they, you know, the bowling ball, whatever you want to call him, <laughs> you know, he, he came in with a chip on his shoulder. He's been working hard. He looks really good. He looks really buff. Like you can tell he's been working it. Um, what's a guy like this bring to the locker room case? Does, does he, I'm going to give you two pieces. One, that attitude feels good, but is this a guy that's going to fit into that culture piece that we talked about? And then that kind of change to submit to the system. Is he a guy that can help us get there? Yes. Um, 
what's what's interesting is that like if you talk to SOL Lion fans, uh, they never remember that any player has ever come here and said anything good about signing here. Um, but it but it actually happens with fair regularity. Golden Tate was extremely grateful to come to Detroit. Mm-hmm. Um, Stephen Tulloch, uh, Glover Quinn, you know, uh, even Reggie Bush, you know, even with his higher profile. Uh, like it's not like players never come here and say nice things about Detroit. It's just about remembering that they, you know, said them. Um, I feel like CJ Anderson is in the mold of a lot of those guys. Now, whether or not, no, he's not, I'm not expecting him to produce on the level that Golden Tate or, or, uh, Glover Quinn did. But I, I do think that, um, he has the opportunity here that he might not have had elsewhere. And that comes down to whether or not, uh, carry on Johnson is, as healthy as we hope he is. If Carrion Johnson is healthy all year, I think, you know, CJ Anderson's numbers will be very modest, but he may get the opportunity. He may seriously get the opportunity to start, you know, half a season or whatever this yeah. year. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you the, the, the Carrion Johnson piece again, I have nothing love for, but love for this guy. I want him to succeed um, as no, much as absolutely. anybody else on the team, right? I, I and he's, can't argue with that at all. He's got an amazing skill set. Um, I, I, I I love the guy. Um, the fear right now, though, is you know what does that injury history say about him, and is he going to make his way through? Um, if if he stays healthy all year, awesome, awesome. I still think that's good for CJ Anderson because I think CJ is going to get his his chances, and he's going to be an integral part and play a very key role for oh, this I offense. I definitely think they'll right? use him either way, even even yeah. if Carry On isn't, you know. It, but he's going to be an impactful player, hurt, even but. with Harry, with Carry On uh, fully healthy. He's going to have a very impactful role for this team. I think he's going to generate a lot of love from fans. There's going to be a lot of a real goodwill there. He's if you know if carry on goes down, you're absolutely right. He's the guy that we're expecting to step in there and take on the load. And, and he has to prove that he can, but boy, looking at, at his history, history um, and, and looking at his attitude come in, you feel like as much as you love carry on as good as carry on is, it's a step down, but it's not, it's not disastrous. Well, I think about, think about CJ Anderson uh, in the same way we've thought about several other guys over the years uh, who have, come in as veterans and won our hearts, you know, for a year or two and that kind of thing. Uh, Fells, um, uh, Anquan Bolden, you know, those kind of, those kind of guys who, who stopped by here for a minute and, and won us over and, and, you know, we wish the best for snacks, snacks too, even regardless of, you know, the current, you know, the situation. Um, That's the feel I get out of CJ, the CJ Anderson hiring or uh, signing. So, um, well, I mean, we'll see if that plays out, but it certainly feels like he's a guy who's going to endear himself to the fans um, from the get go. What do you think about the cultural piece? Do you think he's, I think he's, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of, I think he's got the right attitude to fit that culture and drive that culture forward. I think he's a cultural fit for guys. There's a little bit of a transience in, in that new England methodology that they have. And that, that I think Quinn and Patricia are so used to, um, I, I just think that this fits kind of that mold and he's bringing the right attitude. It, it really is a significant change to change a culture at a team. And and people talk about the hot seat for, for Quinn and for Patricia. I think that may be in, in not with McDaniels, but I think with some of the things that have happened historically, that may have been part of the problem with this coaching tree, not giving them time to make the changes that they need and not getting them enough people who understand it to implement it. I think that GM and coach combo here is is really crucial uh, to seeing 
this 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 thing work. And unfortunately, I think they need more than three years or four years to try to make this happen. Not as the, I mean, what what are we in? Where you're we're getting into year three with Quinn, right? Um, it's in, in year, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. only year two with Patricia. I right. I, I, th- I think when I'm talking three or four years, I think you need that many years out of Patricia uh, with with Quinn in there to really mm-hmm. see if they can make that cultural change and bring that shift to the team. Do the fans and does management you need to have, have enough success in it? the meantime yeah. to, you know, Justify keep them it. around long enough yeah. to, you know, get get the opportunity to do that. But no, I, I won't agree with that yeah. at all. You can't shortcut um, culture. That's that's the problem. And who has a stomach from between now and wondering if that change will will take effect. So it's that's it's an interesting uh, dynamic that's going to happen over the next year. The thing, generally speaking, I would say that uh, running back, the running back room is probably the least influential uh, room on the team in terms of like whether or not you have veterans or not. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, given the current situation and the, and the mass shift that we're going to see in the offense in terms of uh, what's going on and, and, uh, and maybe my perspective on that, maybe me devaluing uh, the running back as like a, a leadership role has a lot to do with the way the Lions have played as opposed to the way the league plays. Um, so if they are transitioning towards a more, you know, normal or run heavy, you know, situation, then it might increase the the importance of that role that CJ Anderson as a veteran uh, who's been there, done that and done some impressive things. Uh, it may it, it impact the uh, increase the amount of influence that he has yep. on uh, the just the general mentality. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, looking uh, now, um, we'll talk about, you know, you're starting to get your players starting to land in on who you like, who you, who you got going on. Um, you got to get your gear. You got to get geared up ahead of, I mean, for training camp, you know, you need your, your Zags on a shirt. You're going there uh, from the Detroit Lions podcast, but you also want to get your jerseys. You want to get your, your, your big wall stickers. You want to get your picnic attire and your plates and all that stuff. that's Lions branded. How do you do that? It's easier than ever. Go to fanatics.detroitlionspodcast.com. Takes you right to the site. We get credit for sending you there, though. That's again, fanatics.detroitlionspodcast.com. Takes you over there. Get access to not only Lions gear, any sports team and college team that you can think of. Uh, all that gear there. They give us a kickback for sending you over. It's a great way to support the show by doing something you are going to do anyway. And you can rep your favorite teams with the studliest or sexiest uh, manner possible. Fanatics.detroitlionspodcast.com. I don't ever use that and give us a give us a hand along the way. All right, we'll talk a little bit about this new offensive line. There's been a lot of talk about it. We've we've talked a lot about it and what it means and 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 how things might line up. This is an interesting grouping. Um, there's been a lot of talk about Ragno at center. We had uh, some some quotes there from him as well um, as we talked about it. But this is now what are we on mini camp right? And after we had some OTAs and uh, the lineup remains. And we'll go from left <coughs> to right here. Taylor Decker. We got Wiggins, we got Ragnow, Glasgow, and Wagner as the right tackle. This this is posted by Night of Living Sea, by the way. Um, this is interesting. This left guard position is the one that's always given people the most kind of, what are we going to do with, you know. Ragnar. I think the whole interior, honestly, is a little bit interesting in terms of. I'm, I'm comfortable with Glasgow. I am comfortable with him at right guard. Mm-hmm. I, it's I, and now I'm starting to think about last year. We were complaining about Glasgow and center and not right, Ragnar, right? right? But and, we're thinking Glasgow isn't a left guard. 
Are we better? I, with, I was surprised Kreisky? last year that Ragnow didn't take over center right away. Right. Um, now, I mean, every year I'm surprised about something because I have, you know, a limited amount of knowledge. I'm, 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 uh, I, I'm, I'm partially blind over here, but um, I, it, it, it doesn't surprise me. It doesn't surprise, you know, me from a year ago by any means that Ragnow is now, you know, getting snaps at center. But I also, I would caution people about assuming that just because that's what they played through OTAs doesn't a hundred percent mean that that's, you know, the outcome. Yeah, but I mean, now you're. In, I mean, it looks like it. It yeah. looks like it. So, so don't get me wrong. Don't and get me wrong. Last year's like a guide. The way they're going, but and using like, last year's a guide, you have to say this is probably what they're doing, right? That's based on yeah. what we saw before. Yeah. So it's that left guard position. I I, I liked Ragnow at, at at left guard, but of course we drafted him as a center and to be a center, and mm-hmm. he's calling the plays up there, and he's he's looking good. Um, this left guard position is definitely going to be one to watch and see if this unit can coalesce though, because you put Glasgow and Warner. Or sorry, Wagner next to each other. I feel like that's pretty good. I think. I, I mean, I really Decker yeah, on the left I, tackle. I got uncomfortable with that. Wiggins is the only real question mark for me, and 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 he may he may be fine because he's surrounded by a couple other guys, and is and you know you often you don't have five guys that are top tier all the time. It's rare that you have five right. guys. It's right. rare you have four guys, right? Right. So this is, is something that that a team of 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 five guys can work to help elevate each other and they can cheat a little to help Wiggins out and increase his level of play. So And more than more than any other unit on a team, I feel like, you know, continuity amongst uh an offensive line is is the best, you know, place to find is the is the most important place to have continuity. Um now they are changing schemes but if you're if you're trying to change both schemes and put different players in there, then I then I feel like you're asking for more trouble than if you're uh, using a guy like Wiggins who was on the team and knows the other players. Uh, that's probably his leg up. That doesn't mean that he's uh, Abi uh, Abe. Uh, what's the other guard saying? <laughs> Ashi Abi Ashi or whatever it is. Um, oh, and and is Bo. The the uh, undrafted free agent to, to, and uh, say it. I, I I did my best. Um, <laughs> I didn't, uh, say it again. I didn't hear it. <laughs> I'm not saying it again. I'm not I'm not trying that again. Um, oh, but uh, you, you know those guys might have higher ceilings at the position. Uh, but I also think that it it makes sense for the time being to to as long as Wiggins is more familiar with the players in, in terms of uh, like working with them and and being you know, close to them personally, um, that, that might, that might be the best option. As long as you're, as long as you're testing things out and finding out, you know, before the season starts, who fits where the best to make the ultimate, you know, uh, best decision for line. The same thing, the same thing with Ragnall playing center. Uh, it, the question last year seemed to be, you know, uh, Ragnall might, be better at center than he is at guard, but Glasgow is better at center than he is at guard. And if you switched them, you might end up with an overall worse line. And and uh, I mean that same question is probably true this year. But if you're looking at Ragnow as possibly an elite center, possibly, and then Glasgow has taken a step forward, you know, in terms of uh, consistency and the things that would that will help him you know, play guard, then uh, even though he might be a better center, and even though Glasgow might be a better center than he is a guard, although, you know, that's certainly not, you know, a, a given either. Um, as long as you are 
overall making the best combination you can get uh, for the whole group as an, as an entire entity, especially in a situation where you're switching the way you're playing the game, you're switching the way you're running the ball, you're switching a lot of things. I mean, that's all that matters. I'm, and I'm not, uh, I don't know whether they'll be successful or not, but I mean, I'm, I do. I'm, I know. I have a time machine. There you go. This year. There you go. There no, you I, go. I, th- I, th- I, I like this. I think Glasgow's expanded his his abilities and, and is going to do pretty well in this uh, right guard position. I like Ragno there. Again, I think the left guard is the one place we, we want to watch Wiggins. We want to see how things go. But I think overall the uh, the team up front there is going to help Matthew much more than last year. And it's, it's all about injury at this point and uh, that continuity that you talked about. All right, um, we'll move on from something that uh, I feel is really successful to something that a lot of people are seeing as a, as a giant failure. Um, Calvin Johnson. And not Calvin Johnson as a player. He wasn't a giant failure. He was he was absolutely wonderful to watch. He was a lot of fun. But um, we'll throw him into the mix, which is another angle for Hard Knocks, by the way, this year. We're, we're digging up all the dirt so we can air it this year on Hard Knocks. That's why we're the number one pick and opportunity for Hard Knocks. So now it's <laughs> coming to Detroit this year. Um, Calvin Johnson decided he was going to end his contract early or leave his contract and uh, call it a career. And then got angry when the Lions said, hey, we'd like some of that money back because that money was based on you playing for the the whole entirety of that contract. Um, we tend to try not to play pe- or pay people when uh, they're not there and don't honor their contract. I don't think it was hateful. I don't think it was spiteful. I think it's just part of the business. And we hear from players all the time. It's just business. Um, love Calvin again, but... This is one of those things where I think this is a little bit of a bad look and he just needs to to walk away from the money. He he walked away from the game and he's got to walk away from parts that, that stay with it. He feels he was wronged. I don't. <laughs> 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 um, that's okay. Um, is he his biggest customer in the weed business? Is that, is that what's going on? Yeah. Right now? <laughs> because, <laughs> uh, you know what? It, it, I... My feeling is that when this current regime is gone, when Bob Quinn is gone, um, whether that's next year or in 20 years, I don't know. It it depends on how successful Bob Quinn is. That's when Calvin Johnson will come back to the team. I feel like there's Hmm. probably an unbridgeable gap at the moment. It's interesting. Um, um, And that that they just are never going to see eye to eye. Is that why Um, we don't see much of Drew Bledsoe around New England? What's that? Is that why we don't see much of Drew Bledsoe around New England? <laughs> I don't know the answer to that, but um, I it it just seems. I mean, I mean, he clearly did not like what Bob Quinn did. Well, I and, and, personally, and I prefer what Bob Quinn did. I would I would say that every every opportunity you can to get any kind of you know competitive advantage, um, I you don't owe me. As a fan, you don't owe me to make the uh, former players feel good. You owe me to try to win going forward. And I'm not saying that he has done everything that he possibly... I'm not saying that he has been perfect in that regard by any means, but I respect that he uh, that he's you know trying. Let me throw my, my work shit around. It would be an abdication of his fiduciary responsibility... Had I he, won't argue with that at all. <laughs> had he thrown money at the guy that he didn't earn and had he paid somebody beyond 
their agreed upon amount in the in the contract. Again, I love Calvin. Calvin sacrificed a lot of his body in his years in Detroit, and he did it for a team that many times was not competitive at all. And um, and, and I think and I'm the sorry. slight he feels though is in his head. That's yeah. that's you know, I don't think there was any intentional disrespect. He just felt that he didn't get the uh, that the that the uh, company wasn't behind him as much as he felt they should be. And uh, but I, I would say you know you you kind of fucked the company by well i'm i'm i mean look at me like that i mean tell me i'm wrong no and and they got stuck with that money for it for years after it's not like it's not like it was a good thing for for them either and it's not his fault it's not his fault that the lions gave him a a a ridiculous contract um the truth of the matter is if i'm going back i'm saying that martin mayhew made the mistake by giving him that contract in the first place which isn't to say that I don't think he was the best, wasn't the best wide receiver in the game and didn't deserve a, a huge contract. It, but the impact of that contract on the team had a, a bigger negative than, than the positive that he had being on the team. Yeah. I'm going to say, I'm not going to maybe use the word fault. Um, I'm going to say that the Lions, Martin Mayhew, was. Out, out negotiated. Yeah, okay, I won't argue and that at all. You know what? At the end of the at the end of the day, they ate all that dead cap. They paid the money that was owed, and nothing more. And after getting out negotiated, they honored their part of the contract and then walked away. And mm-hmm. for some reason, he wants more. Didn't he? <laughs> and, and, and I'm not I, saying I, it's greedy. I'm not saying anything. It's black and white. What he was owed, he agreed to it. They agreed to it. Yeah. They they got. Just screwed on the deal if you're the Lions. Not because he could, not because he left necessarily only because he left, but because of how poorly they negotiated that. To absolutely take advantage of somebody in a contract negotiation like that, and and then you you quit early and leave with all the the wreckage behind that you did. You should just be happy that you got as much as you did, as you did and move on. It's just a bad, it's a bad look. It's a bad look, and it looks pretty. I don't know. It's not it's not the way that Calvin acted. In all that, at least publicly, in all the other things that we saw, he was always a super class guy. Again, another guy. Love him to death. Love what he did for the Lions. Love his play. Love his dedication in years that were so hard. Where I, I don't know that I, I could have been as a player dedicated to the team. I, I might have been going through the motions some of those years just because of how bad it was. He'd never seemed to do that. So, um, you know, he gave his all. But there it is on paper again. You, you all wrote. You all, you all signed your name. You wrote it down. It's in black and white. And that's that's what it is. What it is. Sorry, you can't change the past. So, hey, you know what else is in black and white? Books. <laughs> books. A lot of black and white books. Okay. Sometimes, what, in what most of the cases, what books? most of the cases, books actually have a lot of colors in them because there's pictures. <laughs> but books aren't all they do. <laughs> Amazon. Remember that place? We talk about how all the shopping gets done at the. It used to be the world's biggest bookstore, and now it's world's biggest whatever it is. Oh, look at. Oh, Case has got the essential smart football. I'm certain he used the Amazon.DetroitLionsPodcast.com link when he got that. Um, and you can do that, too. You can go to Amazon, get the uh, the great books, the great you know, Prime Video, Amazon Prime. You can get your uh, rentals, your downloads. You can get a generator. I always love a generator because I, 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 I got a generator from Amazon in 2004. You can get a vibrator. 
<laughs> I got a generator for the one that you need in case. <laughs> it runs on a chainsaw motor. But <laughs> it's a pull start. <laughs> but uh, no, it was it was pretty crazy. It's uh, I, I, to me way back in 2004. Um, I got a, a generator from Amazon. They drop shipped the whole thing. It was really a weird time, right, to to do something like that. And it's it's always got to stuck in my mind as one of the crazier purchases I've got. You can literally get anything from there. So except your Lions gear. So if you're gonna go to Amazon, go to amazon.detroitlionspodcast.com. We talk about that being the easiest way now, and uh, they give us a little kickback. It doesn't cost you anything more, but it's a great way to help out the show by doing something you were gonna do anyway. So you gonna buy some more books now through that link, Aircase? Books. Books, books, books. Books, yeah. I'm a reader. <laughs> Words and pictures and stuff. All right. Uh, if you haven't checked out, by the way, the, the YouTube's got some new stuff going on, and it's going to continue to to evolve and get better. But um, we got a call, Case. Somebody called in and left us a message, and I thought, you know, why don't we listen to what they have to say? <laughs> we talked to people why about not? doing that, right? Let's let's give them a listen. Let's let's uh, listen to my nonsense for long enough. May as well listen yeah. to somebody else's. I haven't heard anyone characterize it better than that. Chris, Chase, love the podcast. This is Ken from Brandon. Just thought I'd give you a quick call. Add my two cents on the Calvin Johnson thing. Ooh, just a time. Maybe I'm wrong, but explain this to me. The man left. He quit. He retired. Okay, he was tired of football. Got it. Three years early. Now, my understanding is the Lions were entitled to ask for $3 million back, $1 million for each year that he left early. They went into arbitration. At the end of arbitration, they all agreed he'd only have to give back $1 million. So he kept $2 million. Now he's come crying and saying he wants a million dollars back. He wants the rest of the money back so they can be friends again. <laughs> I don't get it. I'm sorry. But if this is the case, you know, tell me he's not. Convince me he's not a spoiled <laughs> rich athlete. <laughs> you're going to have to you're going to have to find somebody else to convince you of that. <laughs> Settlement and there's still bad blood. <laughs> Sour grapes. Sorry. I love Calvin no. to death. Yeah. Yeah. When you make a deal. Yeah. And then you hey. renegotiate that deal. This is a smart man. Settle Chris. after arbitration that this is what you're going to do. You don't walk away and be pissed at them because that's what you agreed to. This guy's filling in for me next week. Have a great day. <laughs> I feel like alcohol makes you smarter because he definitely is on our plane here. <laughs> There's, this is the, we. I think we've got enough in this study to call it uh, causation, right? <laughs> no, no, he nailed it though. He, I mean, uh, he he nailed it absolutely in 100. percent We didn't preview the call. We we just put it in. So no, we'll I hadn't heard it at all. Fortuitously, <laughs> fell in where it did. So I apologize for my commentary over the top, but I was just feeling. I was just feeling what he was after. So yeah, yeah no, and he makes such a great point they went to arbitration and in arbitration he got more than he was supposed to and they all said yep okay great at the end we're going to agree to what the arbitrator said so now we have a contract we're going to break the contract a little let the arbitrator come up with it okay arbitrator comes out okay we shake hands wow he got more than he was supposed to and he's still being a bitch about it god damn it calvin don't do that that's all I got. No, he, he well, here, here's what I, I, here's what I said on Reddit about it on the, on the thread and in the subreddit, I understand. I, I, I very much so feel like I understand where Calvin is coming from. I just don't feel like Calvin understands where I'm coming from. And, and I, I, I'm happy to meet him halfway 
but <laughs> but I need him to I need him to meet me halfway. This man in the front office. I, I don't know. <laughs> or put him in the back office, right? Yeah, yeah. You don't want to see me. All right, no, no. Very interesting. Very interesting. Um, the Calvin thing is what it is, and um, the one thing we have going in our favor is, you know, the the business he's going into. He he should mellow pretty quickly and maybe be able to come to terms, right? And uh, be everybody's friend. All right, so we got a good call there. That was a good one. Uh, no Kelly Stafford update this week. Things looking good. We're working to get together with uh, some folks though on the show here. Um, this is the time of the year where we like to get some other some other types of guests on the show and talk to them. And uh, we're working to get somebody in here and we have a little bit of insider ish information. So we'll we'll put that together and see what we can we can bring. Um, we also want to let you know that the week of June twenty fourth again. There's no show that week. Um, I'm going to be in Detroit, got some stuff we're going to do there. Maybe we'll throw some YouTube stuff together. That's getting close to the time case when you're going to start doing power rankings and stuff, right? Isn't that late mm-hmm. June, early July? They're, they're, they're percolating in the background right now. So, <laughs> okay, well, we'll get finished here so you can head off to the, the bathroom. Mm-hmm. All right. So yeah, the week of the 24th, just some, some YouTube stuff, not a show next week. It's looking like Wednesday is the day that the show will drop. So, um, it's not gonna be the normal Tuesday drop, but I think that will coincide with the announcement on training camp and that will give us some, a, a to help uh, clarify some of the stuff around there. A couple of key dates. We like to hit these here in this offseason. Um, mandatory minicamp is going on now as we record this. It's the 4th through the 6th. Of course, we're missing Slay. We're missing Snacks. We will talk about that shortly. And then June 10th through the 13th, there's also another OTA workout. And that's it, man. That is it until training camp. And God, we, we got a good week off. That, the week of the 24th, Riz is out of town. I'm going to be out of town. Case is going to be day drinking most of the week. <laughs> we got that going on. Um, with all that being said, uh, we're going to get kicking it here. Let's talk about snacks. Let's talk about Slay. And uh, we'll do it with the Riz. Are you ready to get schooled? It's time for Risden's Wisdom with the Riz, Jeff Risden. All right, what a great guest he is! It's the Riz joining us again, man. It's so good you joined the show. How you doing? There's there's hey. not a lot to talk about these days, and, and you're still making time for us. It, it's it's the quiet time of year, you know, when you got what what OTAs are done. Come on, you got yeah, what six weeks until mini camps or training camp starts? Yeah. What, what what's going on? Oh, oh crap, mini camp. There is one more yeah, too. You're not the first person I've heard make that mistake. Like even on the radio, I was listening to Dan Patrick. He did the same thing today. So yeah, it's you're uh, in good company anyway. Or Dan, you know, Dan's however man. you feel about Dan Patrick. I love Dan Patrick. <laughs> you're in company. So he's got he's got the best voice. Oh, so there's <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Chris. <laughs> there's there is one thing that's happened, and um, it's some some pretty big breaking news. And we're, we're going to talk about it. it. Has to do with um, Slay and Snacks and the contract situation going on. And we're going to talk. We're going to talk in depth on this. And one of the things, you know, we've made a promise to you guys. We've talked about this since the beginning of the show that we don't do politics, and 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 we don't. And we're mostly agnostic. I mean, we just just don't get involved and don't purport to be smart enough to tell anybody else what to do with their political things. So we just don't even do it. Chris and I yell at each other every once in a while off the air, but it's not even about that. Well, you can tell your you can tell your bird penis story later. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I'm not joking about that one. Anyway, the, 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 this we're going to argue this. We're we're going to be taking sometimes devil ad, devil's advocate positions. We're going to argue this from a different couple different sides. So 
this isn't about politics. A lot of these things sometimes lean into politics. Economics often for people leans into political space and so on. We're not doing that. We're talking about the situation with a couple players and their contracts and the organization. And it'll get into the NFL and a lot of different things as well. But I just want folks to understand that that's not that's this is just us talking about it from multiple different angles. You're not going to be able to extrapolate our politics out of this. So just don't even try. Just just let this kind of go. Enjoy the conversation for what it is. And uh, we're going to be as open and, and, and honest and, and make as many different arguments for for and against as, as we can along the way. All right. I hate to do disclaimers, guys. I know. But sometimes I just feel like we have to. So, Riz, again, welcome. Great to have you. Let's talk a little bit about the sleigh and snack situation. Do you want to kind of set it up for us and, and then we'll yeah, take sure. that and, and walk with it? Yeah, so uh, Slay and Snacks are both not at the mandatory minicamp. They were not at OTAs. There was some question whether either or both or neither would show up. Neither of them are in Detroit. So with the OTAs, they each surrendered a $250,000 workout bonus. They missed it. Real quick, real quick question. Does that money get, does the team get that money back in terms of cap space? I, I don't know the answer to that. That's a good question. I've been wondering, and I don't know. If somebody knows, please let us know because it I have is. been wondering about that. I think they do because I think that is quali- is it is quantified as um, um, likely to be attained. Which that's what I thought. Anyway, sorry, I apologize no, for interrupting. No, that's good. So, so they are already out in the hole, two hundred fifty thousand dollars each on that. The team can find them. I want to say it's eighty eight thousand six hundred dollars. That figure might be a little bit off, but it's close to that. Mm-hmm. We're missing this week, the three days of practice this week. It's three days of practice that they have consciously chosen to miss because they are both separately disgruntled with their contracts. Would like more, would like some contractual concessions by the Detroit Lions, whether that's a new contract, an extension, a conversion of money to being more guaranteed. That they haven't really specified that. Um, and there, there's a common denominator there, both represented by Drew Rosenhaus. This is not an uncommon tactic for Rosenhaus as an agent. He has approximately one out of every 11 players in the NFL in his, you know, entourage fold thing. And they do this a lot. They, they are not the only players that are sitting out. Um, they are the only ones that we really care about for, for intense purposes. But they are different. They are very different situations. Um, and it, it's frustrating to me, and I know it was the case as well, that they are being lumped together as both, you know, like all the – Either pay them or why are you here? You know, show up and, and honor your contract because they have very different situations and backgrounds behind why they are where they are. Mm-hmm. And I do think they need to be treated separately. And I hope that fans and I, I, I hope that I, I assume that the Lions are doing this, but I hope that the Lions are doing this, that they are treated separately as well because they really do need to be dealt with differently because they are, to me, anyways, and, and I know they are the case too, um, very separate situations and scenarios all right so let's let's you're saying that we're, we're trying to be obnoxiously nuanced here is basically <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right let's let's talk about it. let's talk about why they're different situations start with slay and then do uh snacks and we'll we'll start okay. tearing you apart from both so Dari- darius slay signed a four-year contract extension two years ago he has two years left on it mm-hmm. when he signed it it made him one of the high, i do not remember the, the exact details he was one he was of a top the, 10 yeah. Oh, easily, easily. And this year now, even with that contract in the third year, he counts more against the salary cap than any other cornerback this year. He is due more in total compensation, according to the salary cap, than any cornerback in the NFL. 
Some would say that makes him the highest paid cornerback in the NFL in 2019. That's not really accurate because some other guys, uh, Xavier. We know, we know, we know average, average salaries. Exactly. More like significant to contracts. So he's due um, 12 million in salary this year. And I want to say it's 10 next year. I I think it's 10 next year. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I'm crossing stream. Sorry. Um, But that, that's a lot of money. Yeah. $22 million, $11 million per year for a cornerback who's, that that's mm. it ranks him 13th in the NFL. <laughs> is is he one of the top 13 cornerbacks in the NFL? Well, I think maybe. we would all agree so. Um, when when he, he, was he was top last year, last year he was not, and that's that's a complicating factor. Mm-hmm. He is trying to get more money coming off of what I think we all would agree is probably his worst season since his rookie year. Right now, now he made a Pro Bowl on reputation. He was not that great, so. I, uh, I'm, it, it frustrates me that he's trying to do this now. He's got two years left on this deal. He negotiated the deal. He willingly accepted and signed this deal two years yeah. ago. Yeah. And now he's upset with, with the deal that he and his agent, and his agent is certainly culpable in this, negotiated. Sure. Okay. They don't like what they agreed to. That's that's very different from what we're going to do with snacks. Now they don't, right? Now they don't. Because if you see the tweets way back then, they were certainly happy. All right. So now yes. uh, <laughs> yes, I, they were ecstatic. I, I want to talk about what's the difference now. So let's go to snacks. Why is snacks different than Slay? Why is the circumstances? Okay. Snacks is coming to Detroit from the New York Giants. The Giants traded him with specific reason. We can't pay him. We don't want to. And based on their cap at the time, because they still had Olivier Vernon and Odell Beckham and some other Atlanta Collins at that time, all those guys are gone now. At that time, they're like, we can't afford to pay this guy. We don't. We can't afford to pay $9 million for a nose tackle. Right. So we have always known that the reason why he's in Detroit is because he wants more money. And the Giants were unwilling and at times incapable of physically capable of giving it to him. So the Lions took him on knowing this was coming. This is not a surprise to anybody in the organization. It is not a surprise to Snacks. It is not a surprise to anybody in New York that this is coming. Even at that, even saying that, and you're completely, absolutely 100% right, he still does have two years left on his contract. And that, like, he does. That that gives the team a bit of, like, they should, they should why, be would we, why would we? Um, and, and so, like, while he has he has good reason to feel the way he does, and I like I I, I don't fault him at all at, at that. Um, it also it still is a situation where what is it, what unless he plans to hold out and miss games, and in which case miss a lot of money. What? Why would the team feel that it doesn't make more sense to do this next year? And that's that's a good question, and I'm not I'm not sure that he's understood. I don't think he understands that either. I think he would like to. He want basically. I think he's happy with the money that he's due. I just think he wants a guarantee. Yeah. He's due nine million this yeah, year. Um, it's what seven point seven five next year, something like that. Yep. And that's it, that's where I think the big difference is, and I think that's where I can get on Snacks team because Snacks again he has two years left, but I have a lot more um, empathy. Sympathy. Empathy. Yes, empathy. empathy. I wish it was empathy. <laughs> I wish it was. <laughs> I mean, it's, either way, whatever. I feel bad for him because he, next time I'm making you know that much money, I'll, I'll you know he comes in as a I'll, UDFA, I'll right? I mean, for, he doesn't get the Pro Bowl bid, right? His his career has been marked by great success 
along the way, surpassing people's expectations all along the way. But every time he had a sign, every time the draft was there, every time he had a, a milestone to cash in, he was like a step behind and not able to do that. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah. and now he's at an age where, frankly, I don't see us giving him a huge extension. He's going to be what? 32. He's 30, 30 this year. Yeah. He's 30. Yeah. Yeah. He's a little bit younger than I thought he was to be but, perfectly honest. But so he's, he, his situation is such that it's like, look, man, I gave all these years. I know all of them weren't to the lions, but I'm going to give great years. You see what you get here with me. Right. Uh, yeah. I just, I got to cash in before it's over. I, I can completely feel him on that. Right. I can, I can totally get that. The other side of it is though, again, you go back to man, you signed a contract and that contract's what you got. And if I'm, if I'm the lions, I don't see you playing for me. Maybe at least not at that, that rate of that, that pay at 32 years old. So what can we do to come to some kind of agreement, right? There, there's a negotiation here, but he still, he signed that damn contract. And that's, that's where you get hit every single time is, is this the contract you signed? Now, let me, let me, let me take this in, in one direction. I will go several directions here. Um, the long-term success of the team will be based on the young players on the team. And he is not the young player on the team. Yeah. He is incredible as a, as a, you know, uh, 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 I can't, the word, the word is escaping me, but he's, he's the perfect kind of guy to bring in and, and, and fill in a role for you. But I don't believe that even when they traded for him, I don't think they saw him as, you know, being around for five years. They saw him as being around for a few years. And, um, does it make sense for them to break bank? For a guy that they're likely trying, you know, not necessarily trying actively, but that they will be looking to replace, you know, sooner rather than later. Where you at, Ritz? Where's your head on, on snacks? It, he plays a position where you can have success being older. Uh, I remember Ted Washington. Remember um, even Haloti Nada played until until later on. Um, obviously, he he went down. right. He didn't play as well in Detroit after right. He, but like like Casey Hampton had a, a very long career. He is. He is such a difference maker for the Lions defense. They were they were one of the worst run defenses in the league. Mm-hmm. Without him, once they got him, mm-hmm. everything changed. And oh, by the way, he made Jared Davis a hell of a lot better. Mm-hmm. And that matters too because they are building around Jared Davis around the defense. Did I see though so, that there's only four guys older than him at that position in the NFL right now? That could be. I don't know. I think I, 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 that, that that's, rings that's, it's not that I don't understand how important he was to what the defense was doing. It's that I just am not sure the defense can afford to place their hopes on him long term either. And I'll put one more thing out there. And this is this always is where my head goes now. I thought it when this happened and now it's always forever going to be in my head as a possibility. Do you remember a head of try to hold, try to hold every hold out for a little mm-hmm. bit extra money at the end there. And he stepped on the field and the fucker couldn't play anymore. Yep. <laughs> he, yeah. He knew something that nobody else did. And he was trying to cash out his, get his last check before it was all over. I, it, I'm not saying that's what snacks doing, right? I'm not saying no, that. No, but no, no, it's certainly, I, I don't have that impression either. It certainly raises that fear. He's a guy though, as I said, sympathize empathize whatever the word that i want to use at that point um i i i feel the guy should have made more money in his career and there's oh, something wrong with in the nfl where guys like that because there's a situation where he's going to be done and that's his money right with his career he may be able to be uh, he can certainly be a social media star because he's funny as hell that guy's got some good stuff he talked about a podcast he could probably do something well there is you know something there as well um in the long term, who knows where where he goes and where he winds up? But this is effectively the money that he he makes and he's counting on for for the rest of his life, right? Um, 
I wish the NFL had some kind of a program, whether it be, you know, healthcare, whatever, where they didn't have to worry about this is your living money, right? And now you can be stupid like anybody can be stupid and you can lose it all in Vegas and that's, that's it. You're screwed. We'll take care of your, your healthcare, right? But you, you may be living in a, in a piano box down on Zuma Beach or whatever because. Well, talk to me in a couple of years <laughs> after the new CBA and we'll see exactly where that situation lies. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But if you put that basic level of care for these guys, that kind of humanitarian care in place, then it changes the calculus on this a, a little bit, I think. But yeah, I wish Snacks would give. I would, wish he would get some money out of it. I wish he would have been valued more. Do I want to kill our team for a guy for two years? I don't think we have to kill ourselves. And I think what you'll get no. out of him if you make him happy is going to be far more than the cost of actually doing it. That's what I think you get if you if you pay Snacks. I agree with that. And and yeah. he he is on the he is outplayed in the terms of his contract. Mm-hmm. And that does give him some leverage. And that does give him more credibility and seeking more money. And that tells you what a dickhead Rosenhaus is as far as negotiating on his behalf. Because if you're that good yes. and you can outplay your contract that far, you he oh, Rosenhaus undervalued Snacks. Right. And, and that's and where now, Snacks should be really fucking angry. Yes. And and I, w- and I hope that Snacks is aware that he, he probably made a poor choice in agents. Yep. Yep. Now, but again, when he signed that deal, that, that, that's a lot of money for a nose tackle. He doesn't, he doesn't get sacks, you know, uh, but yeah, if you look around, so, so Gerald McCoy just signed with the, the Panthers. He's going to get 10 million. And Dominican Sue signed with the Buccaneers to take, to take McCoy's old job and his old number. Uh, and he got what, eight, 9.5 million, 8.5 million. They got a discount. So, so, too. Yeah. So snacks is right there with those guys. And snacks is probably better than those guys. Yeah. I would argue that he's certainly better than, than what Sue was in the regular season last year. McCoy's was really good, but McCoy's yeah, coming I mean, off an injury. Right. Right. I mean, you're not sure what you're going to get there. He's had two seasons of injuries, really not as, not as severe earlier, but so if those guys are worth that snacks can easily say I'm worth $10 million. Give me, you know, let's convert my style. Let's give me, let's make it $20 million over the next two years. Guarantee 15 million of it. And I'm happy. And I I absolutely think he would be happy with that. It's a $4 million raise and it's guaranteeing him the money. No. And I think, I think I think that's an easy solution, and I hope that they realize that 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 solution is there. And I think where the bottom okay. line is, the money should come out of Rosenhaus's ass because he's the one that screwed <laughs> this up for both the team and the player. Go ahead. Casey. Okay, so let's go back to the other other guy for a minute here. Um, Mr. Slay, I uh, this. I'm not a hater of Slay at all, at all. I've loved the dude ever since he got here. I like his attitude. I'm, I'm okay with him being, you know, one of the few, you know, players on the team that we have that's, you know, a little bit like uh, a, a chatty, um, a little bit, a little bit of that diva as long as he isn't, you know, straying too far and he never has. So I don't feel like that's a, you know, I like everything he does. But how can we not be honest about, what exactly happened, you know, this last year, two years left on a contract coming off an injured and meh season, even when he was on the field, I recognize that the team is in a situation where we don't exactly have, you know, somebody who can replace him. But at the same time, how can you allow yourself to be held hostage? um, And then, you know, hope that you're going to be able to, you know, do good things elsewhere. Um, On top of that, is it and boy this is this is this is going to get me some hate mail oh, um is, do it 
do it. it what's is, what's your new Twitter? Selfish. Case DLP or what, what was it? <laughs> Put it out there now. Go ahead. Uh, I don't remember. You tell me. Uh, um, I'm going to look it up because I don't want to get this. <laughs> um, is it selfish of him to not see this from the perspective of all the other players on the team who it's not, I'm not saying it's Slay's fault that the, that uh, the compensation isn't as high for NFL players as it probably should be. Um, Now, you know, you could get into all kinds of things about that. Like, boy, as I've mentioned several times on this show, boy, wouldn't I, I love to, you know, trade positions with one of these guys um, and make what they do and do what they do. Um, I didn't work hard enough to um, warrant having been considered for, for that kind of thing. But uh, you don't basically, get to just trade, do you? You don't get to just <laughs> jump into their spot and move right, them to right, where you're right. at. Right? I, 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 injury potential and all, I would take that in a heartbeat. So it's like, Much so like I, one doesn't just to get to jump into a different a contract. Hard time. <laughs> Much right. like, and that's, <laughs> I have a little bit of a hard time like being sympathetic in, in regards to, you know, uh, it's not exactly like you dudes are poor. Um, and I know that, you know, you may have lingering issues. I, I have lingering issues too. Um, everybody has lingering issues. I, I get that it's a dangerous Minor sport. Lane. I get, you know, but, um, no, I'll tell you, I, I'm going to tell you, okay. So my issues is are late. Selfish is basically what I'm asking. Um, yeah, it's absolutely hundred percent selfish. I, I'm going to tell you, and and so there's I, one I thing. As as I'll tell you straight up, I don't think that there's a place for us to tell me to tell them how much money is too much money for them to make. No, I that's won't not, argue. That. I don't think that's our, I, this, there's probably not a place to tell us how much is too much to pay a CEO or a cook or a guy who's fixing your car or whatever. The market shall decide what you should make and how much you can get. It should be no different. Let's but, not get too political. Chris. I know it should not be different for any of those people though. You can't, you can't have it one way for one and a different way for someone else. Oh yeah. Well, these players, of course, a lot, we look up to them and all that kind of stuff and they're role models. But if the market should decide what they're available, it should decide for everybody. Right. That being said, there's such a thing as a contract in this world. Okay. And you sign a contract. That's a commitment that you've made. I have another contract that one that I signed, and I don't get to just change it. It's a marriage contract. And the fact is, if I were to get out of that, it would be very costly. It would be very costly to try to extricate myself from that contract. It would for you, Riz. It would be for anybody. The one thing yeah. that we've really got in this country, we've got freedom to do a lot of things, right? But when you get to that, like that's why like the whole gay marriage thing doesn't matter to me. Because really, it's just a contract between a couple of people. If you want to honor that in a church, you want to honor it underneath the great spaghetti monster, whatever else, it doesn't matter. It's just a contract between two people. And however else you want to honor that is fine. Don't mess up with don't mess with my stuff. I won't mess with your stuff. You go do your own your way. I'll do mine my way. But it's still a contract. And that contract is and the we thing. are so far into yeah, yeah, this. Yeah, but, 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 but this, is, this is where economics and all these things go across. The contract is the key. Because if you can't hold somebody to a contract, there's no such thing as property. There's no such thing as, as anything in the world. There's no law. Anything, any money you think these guys should get paid is not theirs anymore because a contract doesn't mean anything. The contract is the foundational piece for all of the stuff that we do. You have to honor it. You have to honor that contract or it's anarchy. There you go. My fear, my fear is that if people hear you and I say what we've just said, that they will think, you know, that we would side with the owners in a, you know, um, anything. And that is, that is not true. There's another contract, which is the CBA, right? Which is, which is what's put a shitty situation on that. I, 
I am. I'm. I'm. I'm a. <laughs> we're we're trying to you know we're trying to skirt the you know outside of this yeah. thing without saying our own you know personal things. But like I I'm not a you know I am not here to say that the owners are in the right that the franchise is in the right for not paying them more money. That's not that's not it at at, at all. I couldn't. I can't emphasize that more. That is not at all my my thought. But I look at the other people who are at the OTAs who are busting their asses so hard, so hard to try some, to make something meaningful. And to all the fans out here who we're the ones who are owed something, um, or, or at least that's how I felt before our fan base it kind of fell to shit. But, um, <laughs> that's, that's always a good move. Like, the politics is a bad insult your listeners. <laughs> <laughs> the people on the team who are doing everything they possibly can every single day, that's like, that's where my sympathy will tend to lie as opposed to with the individual who uh, feels they aren't. There's a lot of million dollars isn't enough money. There are a lot of other Detroit lions on this team right now who feel like they are underpaid and would like new contracts yeah and they either don't have the ability of slay and his representation power you know whatever proxy they don't have it or they just they're they're like okay you know what i i i can't do that i'm not in a position to to do that and that all that makes me appreciate that slay understands that he's really good and that he's important and i i never fault players for trying to get more money while they can still get it but they also have to realize that they might not always get for everything that they ask for. And if you keep asking for it and asking for it and asking for it when you don't deserve it, that doesn't do anybody else any good. So yeah. I do think it's a selfish move by Slay. I, and I think it's completely different from Snacks. I am, I am totally behind Snacks. Whatever he wants, they should give him within reason. Slay... You you were happy with this contract a year ago, dude. <laughs> if if you happen to be listening to this, Darius Slay, which I you're you're not, but if if this somehow gets to you, do recognize that I do love you. I really do. Yes, I, I got really, a sign really ball do. and a bobblehead. I think the guy is absolutely awesome. I, I think really, he's got. Really we do. all love Darius Slay. We we the Lions are so much better with him, and and Lions fandom is better with him because he's an entertaining dude. He's engaging. He's fun. He even said but, it last night, the Lions fans are the best. And he, yeah, which was great. I'm but, glad that he yeah. said that. As and, great as he and, is, and, as great as he is, he's represented by a ding dong. That's the problem. And we can see that by what's happened with, with Snacks. Represented by a guy hey, Slay, I'll not. be your agent. <laughs> Take half Will you percent. hold the door open for your, for your wife when she's trying to carry a stroller and a baby through it? Because God, uh, it. Oh, that's, that's a tough, that's, that's a tough ask. But yeah, that's really hard. He can't he can't put one of his two cell phones away to help his wife mm. through a door. Mm. So anyway, yeah. So that's that. And, and look, the other contract that, I, that we have is a CBA. I would there's a couple things I would love to see that change. I would love to see Look, I don't care how I, I want them to be profitable because if the NFL isn't profitable, then it folds. Right. There's a lot of risk that the owners have. Like if this concussion thing blows up, it, it could completely change and, and shutter the league or at least have its popularity because the game is popular by what it is now. Some of the rules changes and otherwise there's risk to it. Right. Not a lot. We know that there's not a whole lot of risk, but there's risk that something could happen that's out of their control to the to the league. But I, I have nothing against them paying a hell of a lot more to the players. What I'd like to see, though, is maybe a little bit of a compression of, of the pay scale where you bring the bottom up. 
There's a lot of guys making vet minimum, which, yeah, you know what? You play a year or whatever, two years, and that's it. But they're still spending 20 years of their lives to get there. And there's a cost of, of, of what they did to get there. I would love to see the floor lifted for those kind of guys. And like I said, the healthcare thing, the healthcare for life kind of thing put into place. I'm not going to have a lot of sympathy for a guy that walks away with $10 million and and has two years on a contract and wants to renegotiate it. Right. I, I, I'm sorry. At 10 million, you could easily retire and, and, and do just fine. Cause if you invest even with some semblance of sanity, your money will double every seven and a half years. You're going to be fine with $10 million. Okay. You'll be fine. I, I just, I, again, I don't mean, I don't care if they make a hundred million, right? Whatever the, whatever fits with the thing. I just want to see the bottom lifted up. I want to see those guys put in a position where they can walk away. And with the whole concept, your money, money doubling every year, every seven years, they could make, they could retire out of that. You want, you want to see a guy like Leo Kololo Matangi get, get more than $420,000. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. They, Me they, too. They've sacrificed. And those are the guys, I think, that are hurt the most by things like Slay, right? Because he's right. taking money out of that pot that they could give to guys or sign guys that are lower yeah, paid. That's exactly and those right. are the guys that are getting hurt by this. So that's kind of where I think the CBA, I know the CBA is coming up. I know a lot of people are trying to cash in before the CBA, but that's, again, that's another contract that you have with the league. You're part of that CBA. You're part of that, that union, the, the, what's happening with the CBA and what's happened with the, your contract. You've agreed to those things. You have to abide by those things. You can change them. But again, a divorce is a, a marriage is a contract and a divorce is a very costly separation clause. Um, and I hear the thing that people say, you can cut a player before the contract's over and not let them play again, but they have guaranteed money. And that's part of the contract. That's the part of the contract. They also negotiated right. and they, it was negotiated by the team. They get paid that money. So they, they know the risk of the cut and they, they negotiated the guaranteed money as part of that whole thing. So I, I have a hard time. I love Slay. I love him as a player. I love him as a as a personality all over the, you know, everything I've seen with Slay, even the, the interactions I had when he signed stuff and all awesome, awesome dude. I just think he's being represented by an idiot. And I think that's the problem. I think that's the <laughs> thing that's hurting him the most. Yes. Sorry. I, I, I apologize. Maybe, maybe Rosenhaus is really a good guy. I've never met him. I don't, I don't know him, but just judging by what we're seeing here, he's not representing his people. Well, he, they're getting some bad advice from him. And, and as a fan and as, as somebody who has kind of a, a vested interest in the success of this club as from that perspective, I'm really just frustrated that, that, that this whole thing happens like this. And, and the two guys that are doing it are connected by the same agent. So you, you have to right. point to that's the, the fulcrum right. of this whole thing. So the next time that we will chat about this is if they are at training camp or not. And who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, I have somewhat of an inkling that they will get something done with snacks before then. Yep. Um, Slay, I don't, I don't think Slay has a leg to stand on it. I think I think the Lions know that, and I think Rosenhaus knows that, and I think he's trying to pull something over, and it, it pisses me off. So, can you imagine if three more quarterbacks got signed for top dollar in the next, say, eight months, and then uh, next year Stafford pulled this thing? <laughs> right? I, I was paid so much paid. now. Now, <sighs> now I'm down like tenth or eleventh paid for quarterbacks. I still got two years left in my court. My my contract. I don't like it anymore. People would Wait, flip their Russell shit. Russell Wilson gets two hundred million dollars. People, right? <laughs> People would flip their shit if he did that. I mean, it's the same situation no, here with Slay. They do. Slay, you signed it, man. You just got to play another year. You can probably start negotiating, right? You could probably make something happen. Get the team. And, and if he's only laying the seeds for that, that's fine. But he did it wrong. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, I, I, I want him. I want him signed. I want him on the team. I want him to be a lion for life. I just, I just think this is, this is too much. And it's it, one of the things that people have extrapolated about this um, with the team is it's always freaking something with this team. Bad coaches, bad, you know, bad players, bad development, and now we seem to have a lot of pieces in place. And now we got stupid agents, and it's it's frustrating. Riz, I tell you what, I know we're running out of time here. I know you got things yep. to do. Um, give you the last word here before we roll on out. All right. I'll just say one thing. Um, it, it's an interesting juxtaposition in my professional life that I'm also covering the Cleveland Browns who have some drama of their own going on. <laughs> um, and, and I want to touch on how it got handled because it's very different from how the Lions handled things. Baker Mayfield came out today and in his press conference talked about Duke Johnson there, who's essentially Cleveland's version of theoretic. He has asked for a trade. He does not fit in their offense. Um, he is the number three or number four running back. He formally requested a trade, and Baker basically came out and said, dude, either either you're riding this train or it's going to run you over. Um, and, you know, it's self-inflicted. He, he, like, put all the blame on Duke. He's like, hey, we got something going here. Get on with us. And the way that has been received by the Cleveland media and the Cleveland fans and the national fans is unbelievably positive. Oh, my God, this guy's a leader. This is what we want. You hear nothing from Matthew Stafford on this. The organization treats Patricia's press conference today. He wouldn't refer to them by name. It's like they're trying to ignore that there's anything negative going on, whereas the Browns are out there, and and they they had this with OBJ. um, And Baker's out there. The Browns aren't. The Baker is, right? Baker is, but but John Dorsey has been out there. Freddie Kitchens has said a couple of things, too, that are like, you know what? It'd be better if he was here. You know, yeah. get your get your butt here. You're missing a lot of the offense. They have been so different, and I don't know if it's right. I don't know which way is right to be yeah. honest. Because we'll have to let that play out. But I'll tell you this: the court of a public opinion will tell you that the Browns are handling this a lot better than the Lions. And as a Lions fan, that should bother you, and it bothers me. <laughs> there you go. All right, Riz. Thank you so much, man. Appreciate you joining us. Have an right. awesome week. We'll talk to you soon. And that'll do it for this week. Remember, the show needs your involvement. Use the comments in the subreddit to give us your feedback. We appreciate all your uh, helpful comments and feedback to help us get better and make us your show. Remember, this is the community show, and it always has been. Also, don't forget about us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast, patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Get in there at as little as a dollar a month, but you can give more, 5, 10, 20, 50, 100,000 million dollars. Go ahead and give it to the show. And uh, with your donation, your monthly donation, you'll get access to our Slack chat and our occasional pre-show show that we put together. Uh, it's good stuff. The Slack chat is definitely the most intelligent conversation on the Internet. All right. Uh, let's go ahead and tell you. Check us out on Facebook. Facebook.com slash the Detroit Lions podcast. Facebook.com slash the Detroit Lions podcast. And on the Twitter machine at D.E.T. Lions podcast. D.E.T. Lions podcast. The very best place to see Case. Can you talk to us, Booty? Can you talk to us? Will you say something? He's got a handful of pussy. Give us a call via Skype, Detroit Lions Podcast, all one word, Detroit Lions Podcast, or call us on the Lions line, 929-33-LIONS. It's 929-335-4667. And uh, go to Detroit Lions Podcast, subscribe to the podcast. That way we're going to come in your little box every week, automatically. Thank you for tuning in. We're going to see you next time on the Detroit Lions Podcast. And remember, no pants, no toasters, no hot tubs. No problems, because we're your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. Final seconds winding down, and look at that. How big is that? Chris and Case out of time. 
pack the bags, start the plane. This show is over. Hey, Dean Blandino here, and I can tell you unequivocally that call was 100% wrong. How much do you think it would cost to get Zach Zander to do one of those, like, naked sushi things?